If you're a, I done goofed and it's over exfoliated, what should I do? Stop, drop, and roll. Santella. <laughs> <laughs> the chemist confessions podcast i am gloria i'm victoria there's a podcast on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily and today's episode is everything exfoliation yeah not just the aj's we're also talking about the scrubbies which we never well i don't think we've ever done anything on that we just you'll see the science i think already tells you how much you could actually talk about it yeah this might be the only episode we ever do this on yeah anyway (laughs) But before that, let's share some nice words about our products. All right. We have to share. Um, We got a one-star review, um, and I shall read it now. The title is, Mr. Reliable is aptly named. An excellent moisturizer, light enough to use under sunscreen. It does have a scent, but it is not cloying. I love that word. (laughs) I think it is the ingredients and not an added perfume. My skin is improving daily since I found this company. One star. It's one (laughs) golden star. Thank you, thank you. You know, I gotta say though, I have seen my dad fat finger Uber reviews and he will freak out like where he writes. He actually does like give them all the little awards and gives Mm. them a nice tip and then like one star. (laughs) And then he's like, no, how do I go back and do that? So yeah, I I feel this a lot. Yeah, no fun's taken. Definitely made us chuckle um, because we get notifications when we get a new review and when you see a one star, you're like, oh man. Yeah. Like, hmm probably didn't work out well for this person yeah you guys think we might not see them but we no, do no, no. we see every single I mean, one we made these for them so we're, we're gonna be reading every one of these yeah. <laughs> and there are days like when i see the notification once i'm like i'm gonna read this Ooh. later i don't want to read it now <laughs> and when you eventually click into this one you're like oh it's a, it's a nice one star nice review, review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she also leaves her skin types very kind um her she has dry skin she does have sensitivity and she also shares her routine as well so thank you so much all right, we're going to move on to Gold Standard. The title is amazing. And she writes, really helped refine pores and smooth out texture around my nose. Also helped lighten some hyperpigmentation around my cheeks. Yes, that's actually, it's short and sweet, but it's actually everything we want to accomplish with Gold Standard. Mm-hmm. This one has, Gold Standard is our exfoliating treatment that can be used as a rinse-off mask or as a booster. <laughs> that you can mix a drop into your serum or moisturizer. Mix it well. Do not leave a dollop and then just like mm-hmm. smear on your face. For a boost and because it comes with 30% glycolic acid it's not for the beginner it's not for people with very sensitive skin or AHA sensitive skin but it is supposed to pack a very hefty punch of efficacy so really glad that this person you know saw the improvement that she's looking for yeah all right and the last one we'll have Gloria read is about baby steps this one was my favorite <laughs> and as soon as I read it I was like this is going to podcast short and sweet the title is baby skin and the review is dolphin skin <laughs> Um, baby step is kind of the foil product to yeah. uh, gold sander it has it also has a very high active load it has 30 percent gluconolactone mm-hmm. pha and 15 percent gentle aha lactic acid it sounds really high but it is a very very gentle blend of products and we you can use it the exact same exact same way as gold sander either as a 10 minute rinse off mask or <laughs> as a <laughs> as a booster <laughs> to your serum or your moisturizer yeah for the sensitive skin individual. So I'm glad you have discovered your dolphin skin <laughs> companion. 
Yep. So as you can tell, we love all of our reviews. We are so grateful to our customers for leaving them. And they not only share their experience, but also share their skin type and their routine. So we definitely encourage anyone that's been curious about our line to definitely take a look and skim the reviews for yourself. They are not paid for. Um, so yeah. Yeah, you can use for podcast listeners, you can use the code podcast ship to get free shipping on any order. Um, and that's it. All right. Let's get into the meat. And meat part one is, I think to me, a fun one because mm-hmm. it's not something we talk about a lot. We will review why you should exfoliate. Then we will also talk about all the physical exfoliants, mainly the scrubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So first things first, what is cell turnover and why would anybody care about this phenomenon? So um, your skin is an organ that's constantly renewing itself. The whole journey starts from the base, the very base layer of skin. Cells will move through um, the layers through a process called cornification, which means it slowly goes from a living cell until it goes to your stratum corneum and turns into that completely dead cornified or like really thin Thin. dead layer, like pancakey form Mm -hmm. of skin cells. And by the time it gets to the outer layer, it forms into this, this basically protective layer. That's the skin barrier that we talk about so much. And then eventually it's going to leave. It's going to shed. It needs to shed. Yes. So that it can make room for all of these new cells that are coming to the surface. Exactly. And that phenomenon is called desquamation. Yep. And this process as a whole is called cell turnover. In healthy adult skin, this can last anywhere between four to six weeks. Everyone's skin is a little different. But generally speaking, if you have problematic skin Mm -hmm. or you're just aging, that process can slow down. Yes. And your um, SC can, um, those dead skins on top of your shrine corneum can overstay their welcome. Yeah. And when that happens, you get this buildup of all of those un- those keratin sites that just got to go. And when that happens, you get dull texture, you get <gasps> rough surface. Um, it can actually lead to dry skin. <gasps> so it's kind of what... It's probably one of the first, like, I would want to say skin conditions that just kicks off a cascade of things, other uh, skin concerns that you don't want to deal with. Yep. Um, so this is why as unglamorous as it sounds, this phenomenon actually just, it's so important to think about and consider because it's, it's going to be just step one of any sort of general skin health care. Yep. So if you are convinced to get on board with exfoliant, yeah. A lot of people's entry to exfoliating is actually physical exfoliants. Mm. Those are the good old scrubby beads. And um, you think that's the same for Gen Z now? Oh, I don't just... know. Because for us, yes, scrubs were the way to go. Calling all Gen Z <laughs> listeners, please tell me what your intro to exfoliation is. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but they're only is it just us. Please oh. tell me it's not just us. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know anything about the youth of today anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, uh, we digress but generally speaking there are two main ways to exfoliate uh, when you're at home one is physical exfoliants that's your scrubbies mainly or chemical exfoliation using your ha's like glycolic acid but we're gonna start by going diving a little deeper into physical exfoliation yeah i love what you did um, and so gloria actually spent some time to look at different types of scrubs. Oh my God. Um, and it was actually pretty fun to look at. Yeah, it's really wild. This was a topic we've been, I don't want to say avoiding, but we just didn't find that there would be an, enough to talk about for a long time. Because we'll be honest, physical exfoliation is a category where there's not a lot of science or data behind it. 
what researcher is going to spend their time dissecting beads <laughs> and how they roll on skin. <laughs> I feel like we're about to, oh my god, if we get a PhD of scrubby bees <laughs> right into us, <laughs> I'd be stoked. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But to start, before we get into the scrubbies, you might hear that cleansing brushes mm. is um, a way to gently physically exfoliate as well. And we actually did kind of look into it because that's actually, I feel like this is something that I was a little curious about. It makes sense logically, but does it actually work? Mm. And good old Clarisonic actually did do a study where they stained skin all the way to the more like deeper layers with this fluorescent dye. And then they compare skin, that level of fluorescence uh, with just regular cleansing versus with their cleansing, uh, brush. cleansing brush. And showed, and we'll show the chart here, that with the sonic brush, that fluorescence disappeared faster, meaning mm -hmm. skin was able to completely cycle through that fluorescence dye um, faster. I was <laughs> 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 looking for the word for faster. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, cleansing brushes, C. <laughs> yes. So you can tell that it does work as something that helps skin move along a little faster. Yeah. But we do want to call out that that difference mm -hmm. isn't too great. And you will see from the chart that the degree of difference is small. So we will classify this as a pretty gentle exfoliant. We're not expecting expecting to use this once and all the fluorescent dye gets scrubbed out. So, yeah. And I also, we should say Clarisonic has, and is Clarisonic even around anymore? I don't know. But they had different brush heads as well. Yes. So, um it also can be pending the degree or I guess the degree of softness or hardness of the brush. So that's something to think about. Yeah. Oh my God. Is Clarisonic around anymore? RIP. Oh. Oh. Okay. Anyway, thank you for doing the study, Clarisonic. RIP. We'll remember you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes. Yeah, so cl some cleansing brushes can suffice. I think What's tough about the cleansing brush category is you can buy some really dinky ones um, anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think I've even seen a cleansing brush in like a, what is that? Min, uh, no, what's that store that's kind of like a, a unique? No, they sell all the little trinkets. Oh, like Daiso? Mini so, Mini, mini, mini so. so. Like you can buy cleansing brushes at like Mini So for like $5. Mm -hmm. I don't know what level of exfoliation you're going to get with that. So. So I will say I personally prefer like dumb cleansing brushes as in just a brush. I don't have to charge you because I'm no mechanic like you mechanically brush. Yeah. And I do think it helps. Like you can definitely notice a softer texture mm -hmm. afterwards, like mm -hmm. a better cleanse. When I went to Japan earlier this year, I stumbled on the store. It's in this very touristy part of town. And it's like the brush store. It's anything from like toilet brushes to like no. makeup brushes. Okay. So literally any the brush. brush store. And their whole thing is they use the best bristles like they um, they oh have a whole God. thing it's like very japanese it's a whole craftsmanship on how do you get the best boar's hair hairbrush oh my how do you get the best like whatever blah blah That's blah awesome. and then they and they also talked about like oh how do you do it without like animal cruelty and blah, 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 blah. Mm. so they have things that ranges from coarseness level to whatever and i was so i really wanted to buy their facial cleansing brush because it looks, it's like luxuriously soft. Mm. It has a really good story. And they have a little like demo sink. And you can see how it helps lather and all that stuff. Even with the yen being so cheap, it was like $150. Oh my God. Yep, yep. Okay, that <laughs> I sense. was like, oh my God, I'm going to buy it. And I was like, turn around to my husband. And I was like, you know what? You can't stop me. I'm going to buy this brush. And 
Yeah, I didn't look at the price yet, and I was like, I'm gonna spend some stupid money on this brush. In the back of my mind, I was like, Yeah, I dropped sixty bucks on this brush, <laughs> and I saw the price. I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh, and uh, this is beyond stupid money. <laughs> to convince you to spend that money they have like the classic poster of a bald older man uh-huh. with a like, hand shaping the brush and i'm uh-huh. like oh i'm so tempted like <laughs> i can't justify it i can't imagine how much their makeup brushes would cost you oh they're about a hundred dollars a pop i <clears throat> yeah I ain't that talented yeah no i am someone that has been like northward of 80 bucks on a very fancy makeup brush before Whoa. a shoe and more one Whoa. back in the day and i bought it thinking that's gonna turn me into an yeah. artiste <laughs> Artist, my face. Yeah. <laughs> well, <look> amazing. <laughs> Great brush, very gentle. I am no artiste to this day. So that's why I can no longer justify spending stupid money on brushes because I'm like, come on, man, what am I really doing with this brush? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Side story. Um, we digress, but yeah, the cleansing brush world, you can have as mm-hmm. amazing of a brush as that or a mini sew one. So there's a little bit of a, a there is some guesswork in this realm. Yeah, we would say target gentleness mm-hmm. for sure. It needs to, when you when you feel it on your dry skin, it should feel like nothing because mm. you don't really don't need it to be that harsh. And I will say, I have also tried really cheap brushes for funsies. It should not, well, after you're done using the brush, it should not be leaving bristles behind on your oh. face. <laughs> yes, you because the $5 ones, all bets are off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The next category we should talk about before scrubbies is dermaplaning. Yes. Uh, mm, it works. Should you do it? Can you do it? I've had um, dermaplaning done before with an esthetician. It's awesome. It does work yep. super Agreed. duper well. It's very satisfying yes. to see Agreed. the crap that they scrape off your face. Yes. Yeah. And now you can do it at home. Brands like Versed and, mm-hmm. and I think a couple other places, they sell the dermaplaning blades that you can use at home. I don't trust myself in execution. It's all about the user skill, yeah. right? So, yeah, I agree. I I probably would never venture in this realm myself either. I'm not that dexter. I don't have the dexterity for it. Yeah, and I think like the contour of your face and like I've seen a lot of videos of people saying like, oh my God, today we're doing dermaplaning at home and I'm using this blade and here's how I'm doing it. And they make it look yeah. so easy. Yeah. I just want to say that I watch a lot of how to cut hair at home videos during COVID <laughs> and I cut my husband's hair once and he never even let me get near him with a pair of scissors ever again. There is execution difficulties. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. So unless you feel comfortable enough like dermaplaning a peach and do it successfully, you probably mm, shouldn't do it on your actual face. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. So other than that, let's get into the scrubby. The meat, the true meat. We should talk about, first of all, we mentioned the science. And Gloria found a really great paper that I think we have to share. Mm -hmm. This was done by a lab in China Mm -hmm. where they actually looked at three types of scrubs. These are all commercial scrubs, but they did not say what What? they were. Mm -hmm. And they actually tested them on subjects, 20 of them. And what is so fascinating is the level of analysis that they performed. This poor undergrad. (laughs) They're looking at the frictional behavior where they actually come up with a friction coefficient. Mm -hmm. They look at the skin surface characterization, where they actually take SEM imaging, which unbelievable. They do 3D modeling of the skin surface morphology, and they also measure the contact angle of skin. So that's the level of analysis that they did, which is already, we, we have to talk about it. So in this study, they look at, I had mentioned, they looked at three types of scrub. One is a irregular shape, 
slightly jagged but more uniform in size and Mm -hmm. they mentioned that it's higher in concentration so you think of like if you think of grit you think of like a very uh, high grit Mm -hmm. right they also mentioned the second scrub is an apricot shell particle it's rounded but the size of these scrub beads are not as uniform what we mean by that is some are small some are much bigger um, in size and then the third one is actually a much softer bead but this bead is a lot more uniform and there's less concentration of this bead so um, in the first one we mentioned high concentration so this one when you when you rub it you're probably going to feel a little bit of like a gap Mm -hmm. um, when you're feeling the beads I hope people understand what that means so yeah so I think the thing that we have to share (laughs) is that despite doing all this analysis this was their conclusion. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the first thing is that <clears throat> aged overdue stratum corneum can be removed with mechanical exfoliation. Well, I will hope it does something. <laughs> so yes, yes, physical exfoliation does work. So, Got it. Yes, it works. And this is regardless of the shape, size, concentration. So it's just a matter of level. And mm-hmm. I think that was actually a lot harder for them to figure out. Mm-hmm. The only real conclusion they could make was that Surprisingly, this rounded apricot seed Mm -hmm. with medium hardness, despite having the various differing sizes Mm -hmm. of beads, seemed to perform the best by improving skin roughness. And they found that in some of their measurements that had that led to skin having greater skin conductance, hydration and adhesion. And these are all properties that just generally to better skin health. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it. (laughs) They did all this work. They did all those measurements. And that's generally the main conclusion after all of these measurements they took. Well, I'll say I I do love the picture, the imaging they take. You can very obviously see how the physical exfoliants were able to Mm -hmm. take away uh, skin, the Mm -hmm. old, rough, dried out skin. Mm -hmm. But I I think in a way it's not surprising to me that they couldn't draw any firm conclusions other than they'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reality is, A, it's a small study. B, there's a lot of variables to look at. And and just, you know what? I can't afford the study because we couldn't find anyone else who did this. (laughs) And Gloria's absolutely right. The, The number of variables you'd have to test, think about, like we were saying, the size of the bead, mm-hmm. the uniformity. Like, yes, some beads are these more like jagged. They kind of look like jagged blades almost. Mm-hmm. And some are really nicely rounded. Some beads are soft. Some beads are firm, you know. So there's all these variables you would have to look at. And you might end up with the same conclusion that these guys ended up with. Yep. So, yeah. But I just think it's a it's a really interesting study to share. And it also sums up why we don't have a lot to share in this general realm but let's actually glory actually looked at some products so let's see of course we have to start with saint ives the (laughs) ever so classic africa scrub that everyone if you are a millennial don't lie you've used this before (laughs) um and of course in recent years it's gotten a lot black for using basically what people accuse them of using crappy jagged mm-hmm. exfoliants that's causing micro tears in skin mm-hmm. next is another classic um very popular physical exfoliant kate somerville's exfoliate and then we also have bliss's microdermabrasion scrub and last but not least this is a random cleansing scrubby thing that i picked up from asia it's a brand called naruko um but you will see in the texture it's a very very classic like gel with like pretty suspended beads that you'll see And we decided to take microscope images of all these particles just to see what's up. 
And excuse the quality. This is us using a, a microscope slide that has a scale, so you can kind of gauge like of relative sizing between these uh, these products. And then I put my phone on the microscope to try to get a picture. It's a little jinky. Our microscope does not have digital imaging. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first off is St. Ives. St. Ives, I think, has definitely since reformulated. In their fresh skin product, they have a combination of walnut shell powder and the classic apricot mm. seed. And kind of like the paper, the Chinese paper Victoria mentioned, you'll see that it has a big size distribution. Even in the little chunk that I was able to smear and capture on the microscope, you'll see really big particles versus much smaller ones. So there's a lot of distribution there. And the corners are round. This is not nearly as jagged as people think it yeah. is. Yeah. And the next one, exfoliate. Oh, that one was tough to take pictures. Yep. Uh, we had to put some arrows so you guys could see what we were looking at. But yes, eventually Goya was able to kind of um, get an image of some of these beads. You'll notice these are not, these would be considered like the jagged type of beads. Um, they're obviously a lot more uniform in size. But yeah, and I guess Goya can you comment. I've actually never used this product. Can you comment on the actual feel? It definitely feels pretty abrasive and they do position it as like kind of a high strength level and we should mention the microdermabrasion mm -hmm. and this formula also uses some level of AHAs it definitely feels gritty that's for sure and mm -hmm. I think um something that I should mention is that I had a really hard time getting pictures for this one because exfoliate if you have used it before when you spread it it's like a paste it's like a paste and obviously on the microscope you'll see in one of our images it it kind of comes out in clumps so then I can't get it down to I can't smear a thin even mm. of um slide to see the particles. I had to like move it around. And once I move it around too much, it's too dispersed and I can't find the particles. <laughs> so it took a lot of like back and forth be before yeah. I was even able to find the particles. Something to know is that it's very fine. It is tiny compared to um St. Ice. Yeah. And then the fourth is Bliss, which is even more interesting. Yeah. So Bliss uses pumice. Pumice is basically crushed rocks that's used as exfoliant. This, like the exfoliate, is positioned as a more microdermabrasion level. This one, you can tell from the microscope slide that it has these streaks. And interesting enough, that's how it, that's how it spreads, right? It spreads into this super even paste. Mm -hmm. More even exfoliate. Exfoliate, as you smear around, it kind of comes off in, in like clumps. But this was also really hard for me to spread a layer thin <laughs> enough to capture the particles. Yeah, and they're much smaller. They look like they're even finer than on the exfoliate particles. They do appear to be a little bit on the jagged side as well. Mm -hmm. It looks more Not as rounded. Yeah, it looks more crystalline. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's uh, the microdermabrasion. Last but not least, I had another problem with Naruko. <laughs> Naruko uses a form that is very popular as a replacement for the... PE. PE plastic beads. They are the jojoba beads. And as you can see, they're also big. They're very big in size. It was a different kind of hard for me to find the particles because you can already visually see the beads on in the formula. It's a very, it's not dense at all. There's not a lot of particles. So once you spread, there's like three beads on the slide mm -hmm. and I had to like move around the slide, take a look just to find the beads. They're big. They're also not as round as the walnut and the um, apricot shells. Um, but I wouldn't say that's fully jagged either just mm. because it's big and soft. Yeah, I would say like compared to St. I, St. I is more rounded. But these, weirdly enough, look like rocks. <laughs> yeah, they're rocks. But something that's that we could we don't have the instruments to measure that paper Victoria found mentioned is the hardness, hardness yes. of these particles. Because that also matters. Yes. 
for this one, I can say jojoba beads, like, they don't feel as hard at all. Mm, they Yeah, usually yeah. can yeah. be a little bit more softer. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of plays in tandem with the actual shape of the of the bead as well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, a lot of imaging later. <laughs> Here are some recommendations. Here's some of the takeaways we have from this. For sure. I think the first thing is what, first of all, what is the general feel mm -hmm. that you want to try to look for in some of these exfoliating products and we would say you want to feel kind of like that even grit that's yeah. similar to like sandpaper mm -hmm. um that is probably a much more efficient way of mechanically exfoliating compared to let's say like a naruko you can see just the density of bees that Gloria is able to get is much more sparse mm -hmm. so if you think about how that less amount of exfoliation rubbing around your skin that efficiency is just not going to be as good yeah so if you squeeze out a dollop and you can count the number of bees you see i wouldn't even call it an exfoliating <laughs> yeah, product because if you feel like 10 bees whole sliding around your entire face like what does that really do yeah so density of these exfoliating beads we would say something you can help um that you can use to decide between products mm -hmm. we would say that the in terms of like the finer finer beads mm. versus like the bigger ones, mm. I think they would both work. And this is all theory, mm. right? This is not based on testing or it's like it's it's just a feel, right? Yeah, they would both work, but it does kind of depend on what you're looking for, mm. what you would get from like a big round bead like the St. Ives versus a microdermabrasion is very different. Yeah, and I mean if you think about it, if you use a bigger grit size sandpaper yep. what you're trying to accomplish is very different than a very fine fine sandpaper <laughs> i think that's a really good point and i think probably one of the things that's maybe feel so jarring for people that have maybe just stumbled upon apricot the saint ives apricot scrub is that just that that level of grit is so much can feel very harsh because mm -hmm, it's big yeah. yes because it's like a bigger particle so because of that i think Maybe there to kind of an asterisk to add to this is it shouldn't feel painful to yeah. apply onto face. Yeah. You know, like that's it. Sh skincare should never be a scenario where you're like, this is not a fun experience, but it's supposed to be good for me. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And I would say you don't necessarily need to do a scrubby if you have a gentle cleansing brush that mm -hmm. you like already. Yeah. And the reality is, I think in a way, brushes for me personally are almost more reliable than a scrubby right so if you have something that's not quite the right density i mean if you think about it you're definitely always exfoliating that no nose to cheek area more and by yeah. the time you get to other parts you the particles already spread out yeah that density is not consistent yeah um so i would say that might be a good alternative and last but not least definitely be gentle with it yes i think some people hurt themselves because or like the whole micro tear issue is not necessarily a reflection on the formulas but how hard some people exfoliate. Yeah. If you feel the need to put your back into it, you're really feeling that wrist action to make sure you're getting just enough buff. You don't need to do that. None of these formulas are designed to be where you're like viciously scrubbing at your face. Um, they're really doing kind of... Um, actually, if you've ever gone to estheticians, you should also feel like they're not actually applying a lot of pressure. Right? Yeah, it's a glide. It's mm -hmm. not like a we're, we're really getting in the crevices. Like that shouldn't be the motion. Glide. I think glide is yeah. a key operative word yeah, here. Yeah. I'm definitely guilty back in school. If I'm using a scrub, yes. I'm like, yep. like I am pushing into my skin. Yes. And all people who've dealt with acne previously definitely know that they've tried 
you know, basically trying to buff the acne out of their face, which is not how that works. Yeah, you definitely don't need to be doing that. We did yeah. find a Japanese paper that mm. also looked into, um, this one is also very torturous. They actually came up with a machine that applied the scrubby on pig skin and they apply a different hearts. pressure and with all the setup they had to validate the setup yeah. and they had to get the pig skin and they had to get the scrubby and i can just say spare everyone the details a lot of work later the conclusion is yes the hard the more force you apply the more likely you are to damage your skin <laughs> <laughs> the end i feel like these researchers in this realm just deserve like a mother Teresa award because i just feel like there's truly no one else that would be going to this like such great lengths to try to i guess give us that evidence to say yes be gentle that's yeah, it that's Go it on. um for generally speaking we would still recommend combining a physical exfoliant in your routine with your aha mm. but we'll get into that in the second part all right we're gonna take a break it's time to break 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 up break 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 up break 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 up time for animal fun fact corner all right today it's all about peacocks we're back at peacocks again guys because they're back because they are because they never left they never left and they're being a menace yep and i guess the theme of this year's animal fun fact is who are the menaces out there i feel like this is a great way for us to wrap up this year saying every episode we'll just find a new menace um, but yes, we talked about this all the way back in episode 21. I believe that's wow. 2021. Wow. Yep. Before uh, we had seasons. Before we had seasons. Yep. <laughs> um, but that one was about our the local peacocks in yeah. the East LA area that we yeah. went into. But I didn't know this, actually. They're also in South Florida. Mm, everything's in South Florida, right? Everything grows not just in South Florida. They get bigger, badder, and they're just always more problematic <laughs> in Florida. It's my theory. Um, but yes, they are because they're pretty. They're a protective species. Of course. There. You get a lot of trouble for hurting one. We all know what that means. That means in the past 10 years, their population has 10x in Florida. <laughs> Used, I think it used to be like a shooting star thing where it's like, Mom, look, there's a wild peacock. It's like, oh my God, that's so cute. And then turn into like, oh my God, there's 10 of them on my roof. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what's going on with the peacocks in South Florida? So particularly in the suburbs of Miami, it's okay. starting to cause a lot of damage. Mm. So the residents... I have this theory that when you have an overpopulation of any type of bird in any type of area, you get damage. This is what I'm just going to assume. I think, was that an episode we did on condors that talk about how yeah. acidic their their discharges are and it brought like even loose. like chickens and pigeons, man. They're yeah. all bad. Yeah. So they don't want, the residents don't want to hurt them. They don't mm. want to call them off. And they don't know what to do because it's causing so much issues. So and recently I saw a headline with... Uh, on the New York Times, it's a very pretty picture of a peacock with um, the title "Peacocks Found in Paradise in the Miami Suburbs." Now they're getting vasectomy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, what the heck? A peacock vasectomy? I guess it makes sense if stray cats and dogs they get spayed. Yeah, it's time for stray peacocks to get spayed. Yeah, it's a TNR program for peacocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Why so, are they getting vasectomy? <laughs> what happened? For an NPR interview, and I just pulled a direct quote from this interview. The, the vet that they're interviewing said, mm. the most important factor in this whole process is recognizing that the male peacock is polygamous and the females, the peahens, are actually loyal. Mm. Raising my eyebrows a little bit here, but it's true. I have seen, oh my God, in Arcadia, I have seen 
a beautiful, glorious peacock mm. on a tree. And I kid you not, his bitches are just like around him. <laughs> There's a, there was at least like 10 Living other peacocks. a great life. Yeah. Just, Very uh, old school life. You just hear him like, call as you drive past. <laughs> like, I'll look at my harem and I am very proud. <laughs> so basically, if you sterilize the male, you prevent half a dozen or like seven to ten females from reproducing. So it's very effective. That's that's a lot of females per one male. Yeah. So so if we the direct quote is if we neuter the males, we will certainly stop them from reproducing like you do in cats and dogs. Mm. But we will also eliminate their dominance. So that changes their social structure. Mm. So the procedure is simply disconnecting the testicles from the rest of the reproductive tract. That way disconnecting is a funny word. Yep. Let's just unplug it. Unplug it. <laughs> so they retain their testosterone levels, they retain their dominance mm. and their cocky qualities. They keep their females, but they're sterile. Mm. I'm like, oh, that is so smart. Cause like you don't I don't think most people think about the difference between like lobbing off the whole thing yes. versus a vasectomy yeah that's a good point yep and the vet goes on to say the vasectomies it is ridiculously easy and safe it takes me about three minutes per testicle nice i'm like well like, oh. all in the day's job <laughs> <laughs> go on now go back to your hair <laughs> so yeah i think that's like that was hilarious i was so fascinated by this i kind of wanted to look at what other peacock news is out there and i think in this with the issue going on in miami they they, I like hearing from the actual residents that live in these areas. So one of their quotes um, that someone said was, I know everyone sees them and they're like, oh, they're so beautiful. But when you have a pack of 20 squawking at three in the I've morning, very loud. it gets a little annoying and everybody calls their county commissioner. Um, and what this other line really got me, they said, when they see their reflection in cars and in windows, they attack it. <laughs> they get up on top of the roof. They're very protective about their nest. And I don't know if anyone has ever dealt with mockingbirds, but mockingbirds can also be mm -hmm. very territorial when they're nesting. But I cannot imagine a giant bird with these tails mm -hmm. like being protective over their nest, which might be on your roof. Like, what do you do? So I found that entertaining. They interviewed another resident who basically was like, I really don't mind the peacocks. It's the iguanas that are worse. <laughs> You need to render them unreproductive or whatever the word is. <laughs> so I thought that was great. Actually, um, I feel like there has to be a poll out there, right? Floridians, like, yeah. like least favorite critters because there are a <laughs> lot of critters in Florida. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got me thinking, okay, Gore and I live in LA. Mm. Plenty of peacocks out here as well. Yeah. What's going on with them? And it seems like they're also quite a menace. They have been interviewing a few of them and actually are interviewing the um, our area, which is Pasadena. And one of the residents actually says, it sounds like babies being tortured and with a close-up <laughs> microphone. It's very shocking. <laughs> I can't confirm. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way you can sleep through it, and it's extremely distracting. Accurate. Yeah. And so uh, back in December 2nd of 2022, after several city council meetings, um, petitions, and an open forum, South Pasadena has become the latest California city to remove the peafowl and relocate them to private farms, ranches, and open spaces. And they're looking for volunteers to basically place these like 10 by 10 foot cages in their yards to aid with the trapping efforts. And this then it's really messed up. Yeah. But I'm just picturing like this is like the way Ron DeSantis shipped all migrants. I just I didn't know they were shipping them all to a farm. I hope they're not driving into like the next California's county. California's doing the same thing, but it's peacock. The next county over here, Bakersfield, you're next. 
Yep, yep, yep. And did you know that a Los Angeles County officially banned feeding roaming peafowl in 2021? So offenders who feed them face a thousand dollar fine or up to six months in six prison. Months in prison. <laughs> That's how bad peacocks have gotten in Los Angeles. I I I believe it because I mean they are pretty and it's definitely a novelty, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first time I ever visit LA and yeah. I forgot where I was staying at, but yeah. I I saw a peacock. I thought it was someone's pet that got yeah. out because I've never seen a wild peacock yeah. before. And I was chasing. I was like, oh my God, how wild peacocks, how charming. And I'm sure lots of people are like, oh, how charming. And then beat them stuff. And, <laughs> yep. then, and then the peacocks are just like, quack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we all know there are people that feed squirrels. Yeah. Y'all are also feeding peacocks. We y'all. know there are some of y'all are out there. So anyways, that's the peacock menace. Yay. Yay. <laughs> what will be menacing us next? <laughs> Stay tuned. We're moving on to meat part two. It's time to review the chemical exfoliant. All right. We're going to try to make this relatively mm. brief because we have done a lot of work talking about mm. your aging. So as a super quick uh, run through, when you're exfoliating chemically, you're probably using one of the following ingredients. Glycolic acid, lactic acid, mandelic acid, acid, <laughs> salicylic acid, or your PHAs, that's your gluconolactone or lactobionic acid. Mm. We should mention that a common misconception here is that not all acids are exfoliating acids. Um, mm. We are usually only referring to your AHAs, BHAs, and PHAs. Yes. Um, Doesn't so- include tranexamic, mm-hmm. azelaic, hyaluronic, anything with an acid, ascorbic acid. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. These are not exfoliating. Yep. And I think physical exfoliants, how they work is very intuitive. They work like your sandpaper. You're just removing the top mm-hmm. layer. Um, but for chemical exfoli- exfoliants, they in- interact with some of the adhesion between your corneal sites weaken them so that they can more easily shed yeah so think about their they basically form these bonds then that's why they stay together and sometimes that can be very stubborn so you want to loosen and base like gora said weaken and loosen so that they more easily will expose themselves (laughs) but otherwise we're just not gonna go into too much of the additional science around this um we think it would be a lot more helpful to just do a refresher on the product landscape for you guys to understand how to navigate when, you know, AHAs, BHAs, PHAs, when do you gravitate to any of these three, and then how to even shop for it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, to start, AHAs work. They work really well. They can give you anything, benefits um, from just gently exfoliating, mm-hmm. even hydrating, all the way to tackling the hyperpigmentation, keep your acne at bay, and has, pores clear. Yeah, and has one of the most robust data sets around it. Yes. Yeah. And even you will sometimes hear anti-aging claims like diminish mm-hmm. the look of wrinkles. And these are all true, but it can kind of depend on how you're using AHAs. So to start, you will find your AHAs, BHAs, PHAs in cleanser, toners, serums, masks. I'm sure I'm leaving some off because it's in everything. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably already wondering what is the best product format that is right for you. Mm-hmm. For us, our general stances, we're a little bit more traditional in that you obviously we know that leave-ons are the best way to get the most out of your actives. Mm-hmm. But in this realm of chemical exfoliants, percentage matters. So we would say your general serums is probably the best way to take advantage of these nightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're one that's kind of like, I just want to set it and forget it, um, stick to a, a pretty standard routine every day, you would want to look for, especially in the AHA realm, anywhere between 5 to 10%. even 10 12% mm-hmm. nightly. For nightly use that would probably be the most the first like most traditional format to trial that in they can also come in toner i feel like we should also say toners and serums 
they these I feel like these two can kind of overlap. Yeah, and I would say definitely this is a just choose one scenario. Yeah. You really don't need both a toner yeah. with AJ and a serum no. with AJs. No. I would say if you're a sensitive skin, you're just starting out, a toner might be an okay starting point. Mm -hmm. But between toner and serum, which one's better? It depends. Like Victoria said, it can overlap. So do a quick decode. The percentage matters. There's no need to move on from a 7% toner yep. to a 10% serum because it's really probably not that different. And then... For masks, we say this is probably the uh, most common format for higher home peels, mm -hmm. like we discussed in the previous episode. Um, so you're looking at, you know, percentages of 20 to 30 percent. These should definitely be wash offs. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it really depends on what your goal is for this AHA, how you want to use it, and the percentage you're trying to, I guess, take on. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cleansers is probably the weirdest one out of all of these. We would mm -hmm. say it's the most gentle way of, um, sure, is gentle the best way? I would say it's like the most cautionably efficacious way. <laughs> lowest risk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lowest risk. And then, you know, for anybody that has like an acne routine that already has a lot of these like more, I heavy would say, volatile, actives. yeah, heavy mm -hmm. hitting actives, you know, a cleanser format can be helpful if you have just you have nowhere else to put it but are trying to squeeze this in yeah yeah so to sum up a cleanser should be there to supplement your routine toners and serums um just pick one and that's your daily upkeep and expect general um improvements in skin texture yeah and we will say at this level at the 10 percent level you might see some other improvements too in terms of skin hydration and also some brightening benefits but if you're really let's say you really want it to be part of your um, hyperpigmentation routine or even to diminish the look of fine lines, you're really targeting a home peel level mm -hmm. of efficacy. And I think one thing I thought of, and I realized when sometimes we help our followers look at their routines, mm -hmm. is you should never feel like you need to get them all. Like yes. this is not Pokemon. You need to collect all of these exfoliants to get to make the most out of this category. Mm -hmm. It's totally fine to only have one. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I would say that if you're aiming for that, for that really high level of efficacy if you have say a toner as daily upkeep and a once a week home peel mask yeah. as a more heavy hitting efficacy that's totally fine but if you want to uh, keep it simple again it's all about being real with what you're going to be consistent with yes. it will also be fine yeah totally all right one thing we should review is ph yeah. we should review what ph to aim for you want to look for anything between um general 3.5 to 4 even 3.8 is that sweet spot we like so yeah. yeah and i would say anything above four is probably on the way too gentle side of things yeah and then uh we should review how do you onboard your aha product if you are trialing this category for the very first time well it depends on which product you're jumping into right away so you mentioned from the product landscape you might want to look for a toner serum or serum first we would say for most people, for most skin types, anything from a 5 to 8% is a great place to start of mm -hmm. any molecule. And let's say if you start out with a glycolic, you find it too harsh, you might want to try a lactic in that same concentration range to see if that works better for you. And we would say cleanser is probably the most terrible product to start <laughs> gauging whether or not the AHA yeah, works for you. I ain't going to show you anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at a toner serum level, you can jump into using a daily probably mm -hmm. almost right away. But if you're very sensitive, you're concerned, we would say every other night to start. For sure. All right. Um, maybe another question you have is, how do you use AHAs with exfoliating scrubs and devices? 
this is actually pretty common. Um, sometimes, especially for AHA vets, um, you may find that skin just has very congested moments where your AHA product that you live by is just not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And this is when we would say adding that scrub or that a little bit of mechanical exfoliation can just help it a little bit. This especially is helpful with very stubborn blackheads. So a lot of times, at least for me, I prefer doing the AHA first mm -hmm. and then finishing with the scrub. There's really no, I, I don't know Gloria, if you do the opposite, but I find that there's not really a um, hard rule for doing one before the other. I think I don't, I generally use AHAs consistently as a once a week rinse off mask. Mm. And that's just me. Um, for me, I like to keep my daily steps pretty simple. Mm. And for physical exfoliation, I don't, this isn't very strict. I obviously for most physical exfoliants, you use it in your cleansing stuff. It's mm. either rinse off scrubby or a cleansing brush. And I I think actually a lot of people overdo this stuff. Some mm. people uh, mechanically exfoliate every day. Yeah, I don't no, think, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think you need to at all. Because I am on a once a week high level AHA routine, I will do the same thing for physical, once a week physical exfoliation. Do you do it at the same time or are they stuck? Offset. So uh, okay. I will probably um, scrub um, middle of the week and say AHA at the end of the week. Got it. That is my ideal routine. I will say I don't keep track. I really don't <laughs> wake up and say today's Wednesday, it's exfoliation day. <laughs> I just kind of reform it. And for me, the AHA routine is more important to me to be consistent with. Mm. The physical exfoliation is kind of like a, like a me feeling. time moment. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, I think I can use a oomph, you know? So yeah. I'm going to scrub my face today. That's a good point. I am lazy mm -hmm. where I'm like, if I don't do the if I don't do the scrub during my designated once a week moment, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> so that's probably why I stack it. Um, but I think, yeah, it's generally, I think maybe the takeaway here is it's all about frequency. Mm -hmm. We like the consistency of AHAs more than a consistency of a mechanical exfoliation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's really it. No, other than that, it's based on you and yep. your skin. And I guess the foil to the onboarding question is, how do you level up? I've been at it for some time. I am ready for more. Mm. Gloria. Oh, a question <laughs> for me. Okay. As, a, as a queen. <laughs> so um, let's say you've been on the same toner serum for some time and you're like, you know what? This is fine and all, but uh, I don't get what the, mm. uh, the hype is all about. It's probably time to look for more of a home heal type product. I think... A couple things here. You could have a daily toner or serum and still use a once a week rinse off mask. I find that to be, I find that routine, it's like, it's easier to over exfoliate. Yes, I totally so, agree. Yeah. So when I, when you want to level up to like a home peel, I would say stop the toner and serum and just use it as a once, once a week thing. Yeah. Uh, and go from there. I was also going to add, and one of the pro tips we have is for those of you that have been home peeling pretty religiously, one other product yeah. you can actually add in is consider doing a clay mask. Mm -hmm. um, and this will kind of help kind of get rid of that excess sebum and kind of leave a, a incredibly clean slate ready for your home peel. So that would be kind of a pro tip there yeah. that we recommend. Yeah. And I do want to say that if you're sensitive and you're still like itching to level up, I would say aim for a higher concentration of the same molecule yes. you've been using. Yes. So we would say if you're normal skin, you're like, hey, lactic acid is not doing it anymore. I'd say, okay, go try glycolic next. But if you're sensitive, then I would say use a higher level of lactic so there's less risk of like just, you just don't like glycolic acid. That's such a good point. All right. And then, of course, we've all been here as well. If you're, uh, I done goofed and it's over exfoliated, what should I do? Stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> 
Centella. But yes, you generally uh, you want to dial your routine all the way back to yeah. the basics. Yeah. Definitely don't keep exfoliating. Do not touch that HA until yeah. your skin is back to tip top shape. Don't try dialing it down. Yeah. It's time to let it's time to put that to rest. Put mm-hmm. it in the timeout corner yep. for a period of time until you feel like skin is back to its normal self. Yep. So just focus on cleanse, moisturize, some protection, the end. And soothing stuff will help you through that period of time. Yep. Yeah. But otherwise, hopefully that is a nice quick review of how to use your AJs mm-hmm. and capitalize on its benefits. That's really the end of this podcast. So if you're curious about this um, exfoliating world, we have a more comprehensive blog post ready for you to read. Um, go check out the blog. If you have any questions in addition to what we cover in this episode, definitely reach out to us. And yeah, I hope this was helpful. Yeah, you can find us at our Instagram. You can DM us there at chemist.confessions. You can write to us at our email info at chemistconfessions.com. And all of our blog content is on our website, chemistconfessions.com. But otherwise, we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.